0: i Spaces Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Discover Mars, hosted by Osmosis. Let's take a listen.
1: Testing, testing. Testing success. Thank you, sir. Brian. I'm good, man. How are you? Good, I'm good. I'm uh, looking forward to you kind of hosting this. I uh, heard good things about you. Oh, flattery
2: will get you a long way, sir. Um, Yeah, I've been drafted in with about uh, an hour and a half's notice, so uh, I'm going to do my best here. You could have done it on 10 minutes, sir.
1: All right, is uh, Jose in here? Is it just you from the Osmo side, Sonny? Uh, Yes, but I see some people are in the audience, so if anyone wants to step in, they can. Yep, just uh, waiting on Jose to hop in.
2: He'll be coming off the back of some sort of like workout or sparring session. I support this. How's it going, Jose? It looks like he's still on listener for me. Jose's a speaker on this end. Oh, Deeps, have you come to relieve me of my duties?
3: Hey, just a quick mic check. Can y'all hear me, well? Yes, sir. Great, great.
2: Deebs, are, are you gonna? Are you gonna lead this?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can. Um, hopefully y'all weren't waiting on me here. Um, and I appreciate you backing me up here, Ryan, but, um, I, I should be good to go. Um, and if there's any chance that I fall off or maybe a bad connection, um, if, if you don't mind hanging on, that would be helpful as well.
2: Absolutely. I think we're just waiting to get Jose up on stage and then we're good to go.
1: Yep. Just invited him to speak. Needs to make sure he's on mobile, by the way. There we go. I think
3: we're all here. All right, Deeb's take it away. Great, great. Um, So Deeb's here, great to join everyone. Uh, welcome everyone who's listening in on the space. We have uh, some guests today with us, uh, some of which probably don't require much introduction here. However, I think it'd be a good idea if we just start the call off by uh, maybe going each team one at a time, uh, just quickly uh you say who you are and um yeah just introduce yourself to this audience
1: great thank you um hey guys my name is sunny i am one of the co-founders of osmosis um and you know i guess for some context, a dex uh chain and a one built using the cosmos ecosystem stack
4: um and so You know, it is a, basically it's an L1 blockchain with a core application built at the center of it, uh, which in this case is a decentralized exchange currently using uh, AMMs, but uh, is evolving towards using more advanced sorts of uh, uh, liquidity mechanisms like concentrated liquidity and order books. Um, And as part of the, you know, Actually, I'll, 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 I'll save the rest for later. Yeah, that's a short intro. Um, yeah, we've been working on Cosmos in general for, you know, almost like six years now. So excited here as, you know, I think Osmosis was the fir- was unlocked one of the first, like, important DeFi primitives in uh, Cosmos, which was, like, the Dex. And I think Mars is going to lock, like, the next big
1: DeFi primitive here. So, yeah. Did we lose
3: Jose there?
1: I think we just I think lost, we lost Jose again. Do you want me to do my best Jose impression? <laughs> just fire
2: away. <laughs> hey, it's Jose here.
3: <laughs> hey, Jose, you still uh, with us? As I was excited for the impression. You, Sorry,
5: you I
1: can't hear anyone. If anyone if... Can you hear me? Uh-oh. I can hear you. Hmm. I can hear me. Um this might be one of those Twitter space buggy things going on. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter space is always bugs out for me.
6: Like I had to leave and rejoin. Couldn't couldn't hear anyone for a bit. But uh yeah, I'm I'm Jose, uh co-founder and head of Lphi Labs. Uh we're contributors to to Mars protocol, which is uh a Cosmos app chain. Um and just deployed uh smart contracts for the red bank and soon the credit account on on osmosis so very excited to help build out the the kind of DeFi hub there let's see if somebody can speak or hear
1: i can hear
3: now okay great um and you know what ryan why don't you give yourself a breach introduction why not you're up here so
2: <laughs> yeah so hi guys yeah uh, ryan line here um experienced space as host I was drafted in with a couple of hours notice to take over but uh, but Deed is here to steal the ship um, yeah I've been paying close attention to everything that's going on in the cosmos
3: okay perfect um, I think I think that's great and thank you all for introducing yourselves I know there's probably a lot we want to cover here today uh, because a lot has happened on Mars and uh, osmosis recently uh, notably right the the launch of Mars first outpost. Uh, on osmosis with the red bank so i think this is probably a pretty good place a natural place for us to start here um and so maybe for the mars team for those who are listening you may not know you know they hear the term outpost can you explain what that means and maybe just the the more general structure of um kind of how you've restructured mars and and what it means to have a outpost on osmosis
6: yeah sure um so what, what it means that the metaphor i normally use is that of sort of a bank headquarters versus a bank's branches or kind of any company's headquarters versus the actual branches. So Mars Hub is kind of the headquarters, it's where governance happens, where where staking happens, it's where fees flow back to, uh kind of the administrative hub that coordinates everything. And then the outpost is kind of like the the bank's branch, right? Where where the lending and and actual sort of banking activities happen. Um so the, the the red bank is deployed on on the outpost so that it can kind of compose synchronously with with uh, primitives on osmosis like swapping like lping, um and then everything is coordinated from the Mars hub using uh, IBC. I don't know if Sonny you want to add anything to that because it's different from the osmosis outposts which are like um where where liquidity actually gets gets funneled back to osmosis L one.
4: Yeah, the outpost, when we refer to outposts on outpost, it's referring to something a little bit different. Uh we, we kind of just uh copied the nice nomenclature you guys came up with. Uh but yeah, it is definitely something different where it's more of a UI level thing or a UX level thing where it's like, hey, um, you know, you can do swaps from a, let's say Juno uh and trade assets on Juno over i b c on osmosis, but th- there's no actual liquidity being stored on the Juno chain with osmosis outposts so they all the liquidity is aggregated in one place um and so you know this difference with like uh how the Mars uh does it is like you know sort of first for some history like you know we actually kind of like came up with this design uh design like together where like uh, back in, you know, after, uh, the whole terror collapse and stuff was chatting, uh, chatting with Larry from Mars for, for a long time about like, uh, you know, how I imagine like lending protocol app chains working and like r- this question of like, okay, where does liquidity, where does a lending protocol, where should a lending protocol be keeping its liquidity? And what we came to the conclusion was it's important to be, for it to be, synchronously located with DEXs, uh, where the because if you want uh, margining capacities, right, uh, you want this to be synchronously composable, because otherwise, you actually have like situations where people can like, front run you. Um, and also, if you want to do some of the cool more like credit account sort of stuff that Mars supports, you need that sort of like synchronous um, thing. So it, it, it's, it's ironic that like, you know, I especially talk a lot about like asynchronous composability and why that's like the you know future of like interchain communication and but I this actually is one of the few cases where we've come to where we I've sort of uh, we come to the conclusion that actually having this synchronous liquidity is extremely important uh, synchronous composability so yeah that's sort of how you know through a lot of discussion uh, we kind of came up with this like uh, outpost architecture
3: okay great yeah and and you know you you brought the term up a couple times, and so maybe it'd be a good idea for the audience um do you mind briefly explaining if you can at a high level what uh synchronous composability is
4: yeah, so synchronous composability is like this idea that you know all applications have to exist on a single
1: blockchain and that you can you know let's say you're uh Let's say you have E or let's say you have like a
4: USDC on Ethereum, but you want to buy an NFT that's denominated in ETH, right? Like what you could do is uh, make a single transaction where you like swap your token, your USDC to ETH on Uniswap and then buy that NFT in a, like a single transaction. And the idea is that like, hey, if you don't end up buying that NFT for whatever reason, someone ends up buying it. Before you, what happens is your entire transaction gets reverted, and it's like it never the even the trade that you did gets reverted, and it's like it never was never actually happened. Um, and this is really only possible when you are running everything on a single blockchain. Uh, which and so this is like there's been this like claim that like hey, synchronous composability is like the purpose of like DeFi. Uh, and that's like one of the most, and it, it, it people always talk about like, oh, composability and like, you know, the benefits of like these single chains ecosystems is you get higher composability. But the reality of the situation is it's like, you know, no, that's just not scalable, right? Like, that's if you look at the internet, the web as an example, right, like that would be like saying that we need to run the entire internet, all of the web on a single server, because that's what gives us composability, but that's, but that's not the case, right? Like all of the internet is built off of asynchronous composability. And like, you know, the the web is still highly, a highly composable, like stack, right? And, uh, and it's just a matter of building the right tooling to make uh asynchronous composability possible. So in the web development, you know, it took a long time to, it took a while to get the tooling to be nice. Like you have to, before, you know, rewind 10, 15 years ago, you had to deal with like the UX of doing asynchronous uh, API calls was like not, not great on the web. But today, like with all, all the tooling that exists, it's actually almost as easy as to, you know, right. It, it, it's, it's very simple. And so the idea is that like, what we're building in cosmos is like taking this like async composability of first approach because we know that the synchronous composability is not uh infinitely scalable, so let's go ahead and focus like build the tools to make async composability possible from day one, so you can do things like you know borrow on one chain, use it to buy assets on a second chain, and then go buy use the assets you swapped into to go buy an n
1: f t on stargaze right you can do a single transaction across multiple uh chains
3: yeah i think that's great and and it i didn't even think about it um really until y'all mentioned it in the call today how it could be confusing for some people the idea of you know osmosis outposts which you talked about sunny um and kind of the the intent there and then also the the deployment of mars outposts on osmosis so I can see how that's definitely confusing. So I think that's great that y'all were able to kind of um, explain those a little bit for the audience. Uh, and, and so I guess we've maybe circled around this question a little bit, um, and maybe we've answered it for the developer side, but but for users. Um, so, you know, when you think of like having this, and I'm referring to the Mars outpost on, on osmosis, um, how does it affect users, right? Like. You know, how would you explain to a user what the advantages are to them, as opposed to just you know having it all centralized on one Mars hub?
1: Uh, Jose, you want to take this yeah. one? Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the the
6: the benefits of synchronous composability is just speed, right? Um, like blockchains are already pretty slow, and if you have to wait. Uh, for like IBC transactions and for basically another chain to reach consensus, it just adds a lot of latency on top. And if you want to build, uh, especially a DeFi experience that's sort of competitive with a, with a centralized exchange in terms of offering leverage trading, in terms of eventually offering perps, offering all that on a, on a cross-margin account, you really need speed both for trade execution, but also to be able to do liquidations, right? And keep the system safe. Like you need Oracle updates to happen fast. You need liquidations to be able to happen fast. And so I think synchronous composability is, is definitely overrated, I would say. Like, I think when you look at generalized L1s, you see that there's very little state that actually touches each other. And I think the majority of, of the use case for synchronous composability is actually DeFi, right? Rehypothecation, yield farming, that kind of stuff. And so the advantage is basically if we had all the liquidity on a, on a separate, on Mars Hub, users would have to bridge over, uh, bridge their assets over to deposit and then borrow and bridge their assets back. And if they were being liquidated, um, well, first of all, um, they'd have to keep assets on that chain. I mean, there are ways to to do it, to do like cross-chain credit accounts and and ways to explore that, but it would just have to be, in my opinion, like even what you were describing before, Sunny. I think the risk parameters would just have to be way more conservative just to account for the latency of of like cross-chain communications. Um, And so it'll basically allow for a much more seamless user experience uh, especially eventually when when tre- credit accounts come out and, and and stuff like that, I mean, I like right now I don't think it's possible to build like a like even on a, on a single chain it's hard to build a really competitive sort of DeFi trading um or DeFi uh, experience that like competes with centralized exchanges. I think doing that cross chain from the get go it's it's sort of like impossible to to do something that's that's competitive with with centralized exchanges. But curious to get your take on that, Sunny.
4: Yeah no I I totally agree. So, you know, it's almost like you know, the this idea that we've always talked about is like osmosis. The chain is meant to replicate the functionalities of a centralized exchange. And I think margining is one of the key margin, tr- you know, today it's very much only spot trading, uh but margin trading is sort of one of the biggest use cases of, you know, most volume more volume comes through margin trading than through actual normal spot trading. And so um making sure that these are able to sort of coexist on one chain and be like deeply uh intertwined is and like uh is is important, right? And so like that kind of lets leads to a lot of the cool stuff that we enable we can enable when we allow these protocols. You know, one of the big like drawbacks of like, let's say like Uniswap and compound is that the, the two protocols don't really know about each other right and that 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 kind of leaves a lot of cool utility on the table that's like or functionality and features that are on the table that like meanwhile given that the osmosis and mars protocols like know about each other at the protocol level it enables a lot more cool things like sort of this um leveraged yield farming that like uh uh mars and apollo are sort of working on with osmosis or uh the credit accounts that that mars is building that really only work because the mars protocol understands the osmosis decks in like a deeper way than
1: uh two independent completely independent protocols would
6: yeah absolutely and th- that's how i think that's like how margin should work right it should just be integrated into the exchange like you I think the, the experience the way it is on, on, on Ethereum is sort of uh suboptimal in, in terms of okay, I'll go I'll go to Aave or, or Compound, deposit my assets, then I'll borrow some other assets, then I'll go to Uniswap, completely different UX, uh trade them for something, and then if I want to lever up, I basically have to loop that over and over, right? I have to go back, take the asset, deposit it back onto compound, borrow some more, do it again. Um and I think the the way this, this should be built is just like when you're swapping, it should just be like a slider that can take you past right up to whatever leverage is allowed by the protocol and then automatically borrows however many if you're going long borrows however many stable coins you need from from the red bank buys the asset custodies the entire uh position on your credit account and then liquidates you if you hit your your liquidation level right and the same thing with your with your lp positions and and and, and with all of that so i I think like for the experience to to match um that of a like really good centralized exchange it needs to be built in an integrated way rather than like each primitive being separate. And I think it's the same for not just spot, but eventually like perps and, and uh, options and everything else, all the other pillars of DeFi that need to sort of be built for, for, for DeFi to win. I think they should all be integrated in a single kind of credit account type functionality.
3: Yeah, I think this uh I think this discussion is great. I, it's one of the most appealing things to me about Mars is the the concept of trying to build this you know, centralized exchange experience but in a decentralized manner. Um so I think that um one thing that was kind of pressing on my mind a little bit here though was, you know, with it being um integrated with Osmosis and I think some other users I've seen these questions come up. How much of it should we expect um, the like the front end to be built into osmosis, um, or is the majority of it, you know, access to the Red Bank and things like that going to um, just exist um, on Mars but on osmosis, if that makes sense, like on the osmosis outpost, but through Mars's own UX?
1: Yeah, so we like definitely intend to uh, integrate like Mars more deeply
4: into the Osmosis front end and like build the UXs that like what Jose was just talking about of like hey like you know it should be like something that's like more natively integrated into like just the, the trading functionality you know you you want to train more than you have it like automatically starts borrowing uh, obviously with like some like you know warnings and like you know maybe it'll be like a maybe like there's like a pro version right like, like there's a lot more features coming right now to like osmosis, right? Like you have um so autonomy is actually adding like stop and limit orders uh uh pretty soon as well. So like you know, maybe we'll have like a, a simple swap widget and then we'll have like a more advanced trade page where a lot of like these like stop orders and margin and all that stuff sort of gets
1: integrated. But
4: yeah, definitely the goal is to integrate the stuff more seamlessly. It's a sort of just a matter of timing of like, you know, we want to make sure we get it right. Um we are design and like front end development team are sort of focused on some other stuff, like, especially around concentrated liquidity launch right now. Um, But then integrating lending uh, into like the front end is sort of definitely something that we hope to happen like some at some point this year. So similar like how you you saw with like Axelar, right? Like, you know, initially for the, you know, a while when you wanted to deposit assets from Axelar, it would link out to satellite. Uh, which is like Axelar's like bridge site. But, you know, it's a little bit, we don't want to like throw people out of the user experience that they have on osmosis. And so eventually we were able to build a more native integration for Axelar into the osmosis front end where, uh, and so it it feels almost the same as like using IBC. And so that's sort of what we expect to happen with Mars as well over time that we'll
1: will bring this sort of into the osmosis front end as well. Yeah, that'd be
6: that'd be super cool. I mean, Mars will definitely have um, its own kind of front end as well for the for the credit account. But like, eventually, I think it should just be built into sort of any UI people are using to interact with the Osmosis chain, right? So obviously, the Osmosis front end itself, I think it makes, makes a lot of sense to kind of build it in there um, natively, so that you can just like, I mean, I, I really like the kind of idea of the slider experience, that you can just kind of as you're swapping an asset slide to add leverage and it automatically in the background kind of creates a credit account for you, deposits the assets, deposits your assets, uh, borrows the assets you need and buys what you need. Um, but obviously you, you wanna make sure that, like you said, it's an advanced feature and that also users understand what's actually happening in the in the background, right? And that's sort of how it works on on um, centralized exchanges as well. Um, so I, I think something like that makes sense. And even like wallets, you could imagine having uh, the ability to like mint credit accounts for users and, and, and have them take on leverage, right? Or if you don't have assets somewhere to, to, to buy something, having that option there where you can just borrow it, um, like rebalancing options using credit accounts. I, I see them, um, I see a lot of kind of different protocols being able to leverage credit accounts and build it into their own front ends. So I, I think this is, this is a good,
3: natural turning point here to, to start diving into. I mean, we already started doing it. So hopefully we didn't lose some people. Um, if you didn't know what credit accounts are um, or really their plans with leveraging, we're gonna get to that. Um, so maybe the next question would just be, um, can you talk about the next steps for Mars? Um, and, and maybe we can go sequentially. I know you released your graphic. You talked about the fields of Mars and you've been referencing the credit accounts. Um, maybe just a little bit on what's on the horizon. Um, and I I know I have some questions around that too.
6: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the Red Bank's now been deployed. I think uh, caps are going to need to be raised just given given what's what's happening right now. And there's a proposal on the forum that's being discussed to do that. That's probably the next step. Um, and then after that, um, so leverage yield farming or Fields of Mars Goes Live, which will use the, the credit accounts, but kind of a limited version of the credit accounts that doesn't allow for the for the cross-collateral function um and then i think the next deployment will sort of be the mars v2 which will which will have the the cross margin credit accounts where the idea is to have um to, to basically recreate the experience of a cross margin account on an exchange right where you can have a bunch of different assets that all act as collateral for each other and you're able to take on leverage on on anything right so you can have your lp shares act as collateral for for doing leverage trades and and kind of vice versa with one ltv on your account one liquidation threshold on your account um and making that experience really really seamless obviously that you have to add use cases kind of one by one starting with margin trading and, and leverage deal farming on major assets and, and kind of very conservatively but then kind of adding you know more and more functionality is is as we understand the system better and as um, liquidity and also increases on chain. But yeah, if anyone's used, um, uh, hopefully none of you are on, are on FTX, uh, but, but if you did ever use that, um, the, the kind of sub-account functionality there, or even like the cross-margin account on Binance, if, if you use that, the idea is just having like a sub-account for DeFi, right? You, have, uh, you can mint yourself an account and then you can perform a bunch of leveraged interactions with either swapping tokens, Yield farming, staking, pretty much anything um, you could do in, in DeFi that the red bank can reason about the risk of, you could like add leverage to, um, and have it on a, on a, on a single account with a single liquidation threshold to manage. Sonny, you want to add anything there?
1: I know you you you, you understand it super deeply too. Um, no, yeah, I think that's that that sounds about right. Um, yeah.
3: yeah, I don't think I really have anything to add. No, and, and that's and that's a great overview, um, Jose. I think I think one thing that may be a good uh point of clarification too for those who are who are listening, you know, they they hear leveraged um yield farming, you know, kind of like the borrowing that's happening on fields of Mars. Um can you can you talk a little bit about how that's different um than the red bank, right? So like how is you know, the average user might be like, how is borrowing using fields of Mars? um different or advantageous as opposed to just standard borrowing using um, the red bank?
6: Uh, the, the basic difference is that the fields of Mars or the, the leverage yield farming uh, accepts the LP tokens as collateral. So allows you to, to to take on more leverage. So effectively you could um let's say you you have hundred Osmo uh or, or just you have Osmo and you want to LP, you can borrow the entire other side of the LP, so the equivalent amount of, of stable coins or atom and then um, LP
1: with, with a single kind of LTV on that. Whereas with, with the Red Bank, you'd have to
6: kind of recreate that, you know, by like having Osmo there, then borrowing uh, stables, and you'd never be able to get more than, like you'd never be able to get more leverage than what's in the, than what you deposited, right? I think so that, I didn't explain that too well, but the basic difference is that the LP tokens in the leverage the leverage yield farming case can be used as collateral, whereas uh, on, on the Red Bank, they can't. I see Larry's in the in the audience. Uh, maybe we can bring him up well, to, to explain as well. Yeah,
3: I mean we can absolutely, and um, <laughs> if he wants to, we don't we don't mind bringing him up. But I think I think I understood what you were saying. Um, and it seems kind of like your your more general point here too is that because you know certain contracts or you know actions really in this case with providing the LP uh, as collateral are white listed, um, users can really uh, borrow and leverage more. Um, is that is that a fair assessment? I mean, I know in this case you're referring to osmosis, but generally speaking, yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, great. Yeah, I just I just wanted to um wanted to make that make sure of that and also make it clear for the audience. Right there, there's a difference there um, because it can get very confusing when we start talking about borrowing and leveraging and <laughs> subcredit accounts and fields of Mars. A lot of different terms um being thrown around, uh, but. The other thing I did want to ask, and this would be a, I think a good question um for Sunny, uh is there any are there any like functionalities or like contracts in particular that you're excited about being some of those like whitelisted on Fields of Mars, like opportunities uh for leverage yield farming? Um I think like the
1: the thing I mean I'm most excited about is this I uh ability to
4: like Take do leverage the way that centralized exchanges do it. So today in, let's say, let, let's go through the example of what, what you would have to do if you want to take leverage on ABE and Uniswap, right? you have to, What you have to do is you have to first put down, if you want to borrow $100 of USDC, right? You have to first put down $150 of, of ETH collateral and then you can borrow $100 of USDC and you can use that to go buy more ETH and now you have $100 of ETH and you can put that down as collateral and now you get that $67. But you have to have enough ETH in the first. So if you, if you loop this around, you can basically get yourself to um, sort of like a, a 3x leverage position. But you need to have that much initial ETH in the first place to even get yourself there, right? What the credit account enables is you can put down, let's say, $50 worth of ETH as collateral, or let's say Atom or Osmo as collateral. And what you can do is you can borrow $100 of USDC. So this is interesting, right? Because now you're borrowing more than the collateral that you put down. But how is this possible? It's because the the assets you borrowed aren't just put into your account where you can go do whatever you want with them, right? There's limited things you can do with them. And what what will happen is Fields of Mars could whitelist certain pools that you're allowed to trade with. And so let's say you're allowed to trade on the ETH USDC pool on Osmosis, right? What you can do is now you have this $100 of USDC. You can trade it for more ETH but because it's in the credit account, the Mars protocol always has the ability to liquidate the uh, assets straight from the credit account itself. So this is something that Ave cannot do, right? If it, it can't go into your normal account and liquidate assets, you know, from your balance, right? Which is why it requires this upfront over collateralization. While while Mars basically allows you to use borrowed assets as part counting towards your collateral requirements and this is how centralized exchanges do it too as well you know you put down your collateral and then you say hey i want to trade with 2x on this right and what it does is it gives you this like virtual uh 100 you know assets and the thing is you can't but it's put into a margin account right you can't Withdraw those assets off of the centralized exchange, right? If I put down, if I borrowed assets on, uh, finance margin, you know, which I would never do because I'm a U.S. user, I'm a U.S. person. Uh, but, you know, you can, uh, if you do that, like, you can't withdraw those off of the Binance exchange. They're still in the Binance system, and they, that's because they need to be able to liquidate it at any point in time. And so, by Mars building this outpost system and credit uh, accounts on osmosis and having actual osmosis pools be whitelisted activities for these credit accounts, we can enable that uh, equivalent uh, margin
3: account experience that you have on centralized exchanges and the capital efficiency that comes with it. That's fantastic. And it it looks like we have um, Larry up here. So I want to give you a chance to speak if if you can hear us loud and clear, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you have anything you wanted to add, or, or yeah, so, to,
5: yeah, so I just joined. I don't know if this has already been brought up already, but a very easy way to understand the credit account is it, it works exactly like a car loan, right? So if you think about a car loan, you want to buy a car for fifty thousand dollars. That that's the price tag, but you only have ten thousand. So you give the bank ten thousand. The bank gives you forty thousand. And the, and you use this 40000 to buy that car. So from the perspective of the bank, it, it looks like you borrowed 4X of your initial uh, deposit collateral, right? In a traditional money market protocol, like Aave or Compound, it's impossible. You, if you only put in one, you cannot borrow four. Um, but this is possible in a credit account. And the reason for that is if you fail to make your, your, your loan payment, what happens? Well, the bank will take your car and sell off that car uh, and get the money, right? Uh, and that that is similar to what happens if you get liquidated on a credit account. So basically, in, in the case of the car loan, your car is actually the, the collateral. And in the case of our credit account, if you borrow, uh, assets from 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 the red bank and put them in a, li- a li- yield farm. What happened would be your shares in that yield farm can be liquidated. So uh, I think that this is a good way to
3: illustrate how it works. No, that that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, just just I guess that element of of not really needing trust because there's an agreement there, right? <laughs> that the money that you're borrowing be used on the car um, similar to these whitelisted smart contracts. I think that's a, I think that's a really great way of um, I think that's a really great way of conceptualizing it. Um, and so thank you. Um, and so we can continue with some questions, but may, maybe I do want to open it up here so that I'm not driving the conversation too much. I know Larry, you just got up here and we have some other people on stage. Um, even Ryan, if you wanted to jump in, is, is there anything, anything that y'all would like to, To bring up that we really haven't covered yet i think the question that is probably on everyone's minds is
1: when are we raising the caps and maybe you want to talk a little bit about why there are caps in the first place
5: um so i i didn't uh set the the racks uh set the caps um but I, i think the rationale is you you want to set it low first so that if there's a critical bug in in the contract we may get wrecked, but we may not be get, get wrecked by a very large amount. Uh, another reason for setting a cap is um, the, the cap should correspond to the available amount of liquidity in, in, in the market so that if the, the, the price of an asset drops, uh, there are liquidations. But if the available amount of liquidity in the market is very low, then these liquidations uh, they sell the asset may result in the price to drop significantly and that leads to uh, cascading liquidations which is a situation that nobody wants to see so uh, ideally the liquidity in a lending market should not be very high compared to what's available in the DEX. um uh, by the way i think this is also why um Avi was, you know, the the guy who was just who exploited Mango and was recently arrested. Was able to, uh, like you know, scare the Ave community, f- uh, f- for 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 a while because he he was a he he was manipulating the price of the Curve token, uh, and for Curve's token specifically, m- majority of its available liquidity is in in Ave, not in Dex. So the amount of Curve token in the Ave significantly. Bigger than what's um, what's available in the dex. So if he do something to the curve token, it can significantly uh, impact the price in the dex or, or an oracle price, and that could cause harm to to the market. He didn't actually he uh, didn't make any harm in the end, but it was quite scary at some at one point. Um, so that that was two reasons. Uh, First, for setting a cap. Um, but for now, the cap is, cap is quite low, and that was m- mostly due to the the first reason. Um, but we don't want to raise it too aggressively, too recklessly because of the second reason. Um, so, so, so now to answer when it will be raised, we have a governance framework. It's basically, what it says is, uh, in order to change something, it, it must be first posted in the forum, up uh, for discussion for. Five days, and then there is a freezing period where uh, the discussion keep going, but the text of the proposal cannot be changed anymore. So that's a two-day freezing period, and after those seven days, it can be posted on on chain for voting, and the voting period is three days. Um, So we that's that's ten days in total. So we posted that in the forum yesterday. So that's nine more days to go. so that, that's a pretty long time, uh, I know. I think it's really long as well, but that, that is what our governance framework dictates.
6: Yeah, that's like social consensus though, right? Um, the, the time the proposal takes from when it's on chain to be voted on is three days. But the idea of the governance framework is to give 10 days of, of, of discussion. Um, I th- personally, I think that if the proposal isn't controversial um, or, or has like a lot of, um you know a general kind of agreement, then that could be like compressed um and i would I would say in this case it, it would make sense, but uh, I know some other people disagree, so
1: yeah,
3: anything else anyone wanted to add on that Maybe this is a good time to to talk about governance a little bit too though um so I am curious we've seen there's three assets currently um available for use in the red bank. Um, in terms of expanding those assets, uh, moving into other assets, uh, I'm assuming that's that will happen over time. Uh, is that pretty much just through the Martian Council and the governance process?
6: Yes. Uh, yeah, pretty much. The the Martian Council makes all decisions regarding asset listing and 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 everything else. Asset listing risk parameters: what can be used as collateral? What can be used as borrow uh, caps? Yeah.
4: So I know that uh Delphi has like uh spent sort of a long time a lot of a lot of work putting together like a um you know a risk analysis framework when when thinking about how to like put you know what sort of risk
1: parameters are put on different assets. How does how does that fit into this like governance process?
6: Yeah. Um so the, the, the risk framework is kind of like an open source framework that some some contributors at labs put together which will hopefully help inform the governance decisions by the community, right? So it's like a suggested framework that can be ratified via like a signaling vote, right. Uh, but, but by the community and then the idea is that it will help guide listing decisions and also provide like a format for, for listing decisions, right. Kind of similar to, to what, what happens on, on Ave, where they have this, this open source risk framework. And, and when people make listing decisions, they're expected to kind of comply with it. So to Based on the liquidity of the asset, on the on on the volatility, on on like certain things, like whether there's an admin key anywhere, and, and and these kinds of things. To um that there's like certain bands of risk parameters, and so that that that'll be the idea here too. That every asset is run through this this risk parameter, but obviously some other community member or some other team can put together like a different risk framework or suggest um like alternatives uh, or like changes modifications to the risk framework, and the community can can choose not to not to respect it at all in a given case right it, it but it's the the idea is that it acts as guidelines for for that uh based on like a lot of research and, and a lot of a lot of thinking and like ultimately the the Martian council is incentivized to make good decisions and not not get wrecked because uh their stake will be um like one there'll be obviously the insurance fund layer so like if there is bad debt which just means that um like the protocol didn't liquidate a position fast enough and now there's there's sort of the debt is worth more than the collateral um, and so some some depositors are are, are left sort of um, with 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 less than what they started with. Then the insurance fund is the first sort of um layer that's used to to make users whole. and then the second layer is is Mars stakers, right who who make make up part of the Martian Council. and they can get slashed up to thirty uh, percent, which is pretty significant, especially considering you know it, it would cause a big move, and so they're incentivized to make decisions that don't like the the kind of balance that that risk returned um and that's sort of learning i think from other projects and communities on especially on ethereum where where governors had no had no skin in the game and so it was a bit of a wild west in terms of listing assets and even like taking bribes from communities to list those assets and, and and stuff like that
3: that's uh yeah that's very interesting um just that that point of the stakers having skin in the game because admittedly when i was looking at some of these strategies that could be employed um just how complex they could get on a uh sub credit account, one of these rover credit accounts i I was thinking to myself like how degen could this get um and so i I guess what you're really saying there is like you know the Martian council you know has some um there's an accountability feature here so that they we are making sure we're approving things that are i guess um risk is taken into account
6: when it comes to liquidations, yeah, I mean this stuff's super risky like that is uh, Larry pointed out there was the Ave attack on on um on Ave and and he actually posted another attack which would which would manipulate the price of ren and both those attacks uh, Ave had been exposed to for like over a year um and they, they just hadn't been exploited by anyone and obviously they're they're easier to do in in that in those market conditions cuz liquidity had dried up and stuff but ultimately someone with enough capital can manipulate the price of, of any asset right and and so it's it's really important that the that, that the red bank kind of makes good risk decisions there um, yeah. And, and in terms of what assets to list and, and, and risk parameters and, and also like caps, which is really the only way to stop some of these attacks.
3: I also just want to, um, you know, we're at 50 minutes in, um, and so I want to make sure the community knows uh, at, at any point, um, if you would like to come up and ask a question, especially given that we're in the last 10 minutes here, uh, feel free to raise your hand uh, and we will bring you up so that you can ask your question. Got a lot of great speakers up here.
6: um. So I,
3: yeah, oh, you, go ahead, Jose. Yeah.
6: Oh, yeah, go ahead, dude. I don't know while we wait, I think Sonny made a really good, did a really good explanation of kind of credit accounts. And I also think it's interesting to kind of uh, talk through the just the differences between DeFi lending generally and why I don't think it's actually lending. Um, because, like, in, in the real world, lending is actually just like a legal process, right? That is, is like a legally enforceable promise. Um, lenders lend money to borrowers who promise to pay back principal plus interest over some time period. And if they don't, um, they go to the courts and the courts can go and and, and eventually the police can go and like impound assets and do whatever they need to 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 collect. Right. But in, in DeFi there are no courts, there's no identity, there's no, you know, credit ratings, there's there's no bankruptcies. And so it's more like a system, there there's actually no enforcement either, right? There's there's just a system of incentives and and so the dynamics of lending become become very different. Like in, in TradFi, enforcement is super expensive. You have like liquidation, as we're seeing with, with FTX and, and everything, right? There's these liquidations or messy, time-consuming legal processes. And so you don't want to lend to any random schmo, right? You want to make sure that they're, that they're trustworthy. And there's a lot of time that's spent establishing trust in your counterparty, doing KYC, doing background checks, assessing business plans, all of this. And so the high cost of enforcement means high cost of establishing trust, which also means like higher interest rates. And um, in, in crypto, it replaces that enforcement function with just a system of incentives, right? There's no court that's going to go collect. It's just um, a system of on-chain liquidation incentives. And so I think there are two elements that kind of combine to make to make this different. The first one is just smart contract lending. The fact that in the real world, I lend to a counterparty who can go and like blow it all on like uh, hookers and blow. Whereas in crypto, I can lend to a smart contract who, who can only do one thing, right? And I can reason about what that thing is. And provided there's like some form of liquid collateral that symbolizes that activity. I can also like liquidate that very easily. Right. And I I only need to really examine the contract and look at the liquidity and and volatility of the asset. So it's, it's much more trustless. Um, And so I I think it's like something different. It's not quite lending, at least how, how we know it in the, how we, how we kind of understand it in the traditional world. And the cool thing about a system like the credit account is it can really be expanded to any, smart contract in any form of tokenized collateral so if eventually you had like mortgages on chain and there were like liquid markets to, to trade the actual real estate the houses you could do um like mortgages on your credit account right and and have your house collateralize your 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 osmo 10x long or or, or whatever uh not investment advice but the that's the cool thing about the system is it's like ultimately extensible to as all assets and 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 kind of move on chain and, and everything can be, and they can be put into a smart contract and reasoned about, you can really have a credit account that acts as that universal margin account for anything you might want to ape, um, which I think is like super cool in, in a trustless way without having to know anything about your counterparty um, and, and, and without having to do like enforcement with a court.
3: Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> it's definitely amazing. And and I, I think you really hit it on the head with that enforcement piece, uh, but I do want to, it looks like we have a speaker up here we have Vanessa, would you like to go ahead and ask your question?
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for spending the time, folks, and explaining it. I'm uh, really excited with the work that you're doing. I am curious, um, you know, with the, with the outpost, uh, what does the roadmap look for new outposts both within the cosmos and perhaps outside of the cosmos?
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Discover Mars, hosted by Osmosis, recorded on Thursday, February 9th, 2023. For terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in me for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge <laughs> sums of overall royalty <laughs> <each> The sums <laughs> of money that went to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Small many rights holders are taking around three quarters, three quarters of a quarters cent of a some portion for the actual artist. They even say they're making, say they're pennies, making pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to function. pennies, per pennies, per pennies penny's penny's Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression. Got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish. Out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Aw, shit. Now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I am